Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast. Proudly sponsored by the Patreons at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites and our mates over at Elites Breaks. Come up on Facebook and Instagram. My name's Corey. No bombs expressed with us today, but we've got the one, the only, the man who does all the stats behind the scenes. Schmitty, how are you, brother? Good, Corey. How are you? Very well, my friend. Very well. It's good to have you back. Uh, I know you've done a lot of work uh, during this season, not only on the Supercoach front, but with your little brown I predicted that you do every year. It's always a little bit of fun. Um, Also joining us is Royal. How are you, mate? Good, boys. How are we? Good, good. We haven't been, the three of us haven't been on for a while. It is just the three of us tonight. Uh, The, I was almost going to call them the dream team then, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit too far, but that's okay. Schmini, give us a little bit of a rundown of what we've got in store, what you put together, um, because I do say this every year, it's, it's countless hours of work just for a little bit of fun for yourself, but it always reads well at the end of the season. Yeah, that's right, 100%. And, um, yeah, so like I, when I posted the other day, uh, it's not gospel. It is just one man's opinion, and it is just a hobby of mine. You know, I'm a bit of a sucker for a spreadsheet and like, you know, getting the OCD all calmed down with some nice colouring in here and there and, you know, nice uh, formatting. But, yeah, pretty much just uh, every – I watch as many games as I can and punch in just my thoughts. Um, I feel like it's more valuable to do it on a week-by-week basis rather than trying to look back and remember what happened in round one or round two, you know, sitting here now and, you know, who might poll three and that. So, yeah, it's just pretty much a running log of my thoughts and – yeah, the numbers are the numbers, and what I come up with is just an accumulation of what I've seen throughout the year. So there's no point in me going against sort of what I thought because yeah, there's just really no point. It would defeat the whole purpose. So yeah, we've got um club by club sort of stuff, round by round, a bit of comparison with my spreadsheet and the sports bet. Uh, sorry, the AFL uh, predictor, which is a sports bet one too. Um, yeah, just a bit of everything. Yeah, and we will say it is not gospel because, uh, as you already <laughs> copped it before the start of this pod, you lost me a lot of money last year. So, Well, I always say that never to 100% take my word for it. But, yeah, obviously, I sit here and I see it how I see it. So uh, It's all a little bit of fun, my friend. All yeah, that's fun. it. So me and Royal are here to critique you on that. We're here to give you an absolute headache along the way. So Sounds good. Uh, I'll bring it on. You've got us there. Uh, Royal, <clears> you do a... You might as well give yourself a little plug here too, because although that uh, we've got Schmitty doing a lot of this, and you both do a shit ton of work behind the scenes um, for the elites, and we're always very grateful um, for the amount of work you two do. Um, but Roy, you also do an Essendon podcast every week, is that true? Uh, sadly, this year, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, next year's our year. But like, like you said, um, Corey. You and I are here to uh, win some cash um, come Brownlow night. So hopefully Schmini's work hasn't come to you know waste, and we we can get some some big bags in, and yeah. hope the rest of the punters can join in, and we can give Schmini a nice little taking as well for his hard work. You running some Morse code in the background there too? No, no, no. Someone's got a microwave going, I reckon. Yeah, there you go. Um, and well, so what we're going to do today is we're going to run off the Brownlow predictor. Um, Streets so at the front page for anyone who's following along at home and having to click around and having a bit of a read. It's uh, the sheet that's got round by round, game by game, scores, winners, losers, um, predicted to poll, etc. Um, 
from that, we'll jump across to just the club-by-club titles and then finish off probably with the leaderboard. Might just... Sorry, with yeah, with the leaderboard. We might touch on a couple of things um, here or there. I think the top 10 predictive comparison, actually, is a good one to touch on before we finish as well. So uh, we'll go through that. But your Brownlow predictor. We'll start with the Adelaide Crows. Body um, will probably go for about an hour. So you'll see me push things along a little bit quickly from time to time here, ladies and gentlemen. But that is okay. Adelaide Crows, not an overly exciting yes. team. Um, not a lot of uh, value for money. I think you've probably got Rory Led a little bit harsh, hardly done by here, uh, Smitty. But do you want to run through it? Hardly done by, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon he might poll in the 20s, to be honest. Nice. Well, I, I'm pretty sure from memory, uh, I've given him about nine more votes than what um, the AFL predictors got him on. I think they had him on 10. Potentially Ben Keys even beating him in the head-to-head, but I don't think he's anywhere near it. Um, yeah, like you sort of said at the top, there's not really much relevance in Adelaide. Um, they obviously only went at eight and fourteen this year, so you know, not that I don't always give three votes to a guy on the winning team because that's obviously not a realistic sort of way to go about voting. Um, but I just, they didn't win enough games really for you know a lead or someone to have that opportunity to be the best man on the ground, considering they got um, pretty heavily beaten in a lot of their losses. Um, but Laird, it's just too hard to, to deny him when he has 40 touches and kicks a goal, even in a losing side, which is why I've got him for a lot of ones, especially in the back half of the year. Yeah, fine. Too. I think a lot of the value here might be, um, and mind you, I'm just trying to look at sports bet odds at the moment, but if you are going to have a flutter on any market to do with Adelaide, it's probably the the votes without Rory Laird, and that's the Ben Keys that you've got on 10 here. I yeah. um, You know, there's those clear... You've got those three games, which were clear-cut nice and early, where he absolutely dominated. Um, and I think that he is the ultimate value. I just, I just think those three games alone will be enough for the dollar sixty that sports better have on offer there. Yeah, well, I, th- I think so too. And if you, if you look at the votes polled for the other players, uh, only Tex Walker potentially gets near that nine, so... yeah. Uh, what yeah. is Aptex on here? Yeah, you're on seven. Seven, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah the next closest. Um, yeah, pretty boring team, really. Uh, yeah. Royal, anything to add on Adelaide? Anything you like along the journey here? Or Yeah, well, looking at the market at sports, but I think Royal led for top 10 finish at $1.33 is not too bad much of a value. So um, I think he can he can get, definitely pull up there. And like you said, if you, if you exclude Ben Keys, there's not many other Adelaide players that are taking off votes with him. So... I wouldn't be surprised if he if he gets around that nineteen mark that um, Schmini's put him on. So, yeah, dollar thirty three from a top ten finish could be a nice little bit of value there. Oh, I think it. You're probably almost disagreeing here, just uh, Schmini, because you you have him equal tenth at a dollar thirty three. Yeah, I'm just looking one, yeah. two, three, four, five. Yeah, I do have him equal tenth, eh? Um, probably a bit of a worry. Why, in, in what way? What would be worrying me? In a dollar thirty-three, that Smitty. I mean, oh yeah, like being right, on, being right on the fringe. Yeah, um, yeah, probably maybe a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But then, like like I said, the AFL predicted they didn't have him anywhere near top ten either. So I don't know if I, if I'm right, then yeah, he's on that fringe. And if they're right, then he's a mile off a dollar thirty-three. And sports bet having him at a dollar thirty-three. There are. Definitely having a look there. All right, heading across to the Brizzy Lions, and this is a team that uh, probably sparks a little bit more interest. I think this is where the Brownlow medalist is going to end up being at the end of the year. Um, I, I know, spoiler alert, you've got a tied Brownlow having here, but Lockie Neal's yep. season 
Um, just absolutely insane. You've got him kind of slowing, slowing, slowing down in that back end of the year, and I think that's where a lot of those little black dots you got there, I reckon he might snag one or two along the way and uh, potentially kind of steal that brown low uh, come the end. But, um, yeah, you want to you talk us through this one? Yeah, I'll say just to clarify for anyone who's not aware and didn't and hasn't uh, got the spreadsheet in front of them for the little key at the top, the black dots um, mean that they that player was in their team's best players for that game, um, but I obviously haven't given them votes because that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, obviously you can see in the first half up until their buy in round fourteen that yeah he was pretty far and away. I actually thought at that point that there might be a record broken for votes polled. Um, yeah, how many is that? Six best ons and then three uh, second best ons in 13 games. So, yeah, polling nine times there. Yeah, quieter in the back half. I, I can't exactly remember 100% um, his games, like in the ones where he was in their best players, how good or, you know, if there was many that better than him. But, yeah, like you said, he is locking in or two, so he could just sneak that one in. Because uh, obviously he's got a bit of a reputation for being a vote getter and whatever else. So yeah, if they, especially if they've won games, so that GWS game and the Bulldogs, um, he he might steal one there or or two or who knows really. And then that'll obviously elevate him above where I've got him. Mm, there'll probably be a lot where he kind of just sneaks in. And uh, Hubert Cluggage, I think, clear cut second there. It's like not even a, a value market at all for the Brisbane. For the Brizzy Bears, if you haven't, if you've really punted on them, you are actually probably looking around that Lockie Neal um, situation and where you see him in the Brownlow. And if you like Lockie Neal for the Brownlow, it is one that I think is uh, probably good to come have a look, have a quick little look at this spready. Um, Royal, what are your thoughts on uh, the the Bears? Yeah, well, you can't go past Lockie Neal. I've got some serious money on him to win it. Um, and talking about his start of the season, if you if you look at a guy that. He hit the ground running. I, I saw it firsthand in, in round two against my mob where he kicked a couple and had 40-odd, and I was thinking, this guy's just... How, how do you let this guy go? He's been a, a Brownlow medalist before, and statistically, he's had a better year than he's in his Brownlow year. So if you go on off like, stats alone, um, he's going to be up there, if not win it again. Um, the only problem for me is probably Brisbane's back half um, form. Does that sort of impact in umpire's um, thoughts in terms of giving him votes? And also, he, he had a bit of a dip as well personally so he's gonna a lot of it's gonna have to count on that on that front half of the year where he's got him you know polling a lot of votes and if he does then he's gonna be up there definitely for for winning that brownlow again and you know fingers crossed for me personally i think he gets up but um yeah it's gonna be an interesting count but yeah a, a lot depends on that front half of the year for him it's uh, it's gonna be a great brownlow this year like it is actually yeah. gonna be so bloody close yeah i think so yeah, so it's uh, pretty good. Anything else to chuck on the Bears there? Nah, other than, yeah, I, I don't know what sort of um, markets Hugh McCluggage could be involved in, but I know, um, well, he's he's been in there, he was in their best player every game from round 13 onwards, so who knows, he might be one to look at somewhere, somehow. Yeah, he's, I think he's like a dog. Three for the next highest votes. Oh, okay, probably uh, not worth it then. Thank you. Uh, Carlton and Paddy Cripps is going to come out with a bang. We know yep. it's going to be 3 3 3. That's, you can all go to shore that up. Um, absolutely dominated in those three games as well. And you've got him on 28. It was a shout that we had a little while ago, and then that Brownlow, uh, sorry, you know, almost got rubbed out in one of those games and, and all looks risky. And 
probably still a little bit of value with Cripper. Uh, your next bet is Sam Walsh there too. Like that's an absolute shoe in. Oh, again, probably the team that I don't really have much to talk about. But uh, Smitty, you want to run us through yours? Oh, I thought I almost lost you there. I was hanging. I was hanging in. I got you though. Um, yeah, like obviously the the three threes at the start. I think that's pretty locked in. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because he's just such a good player, like, and he's obviously featuring in their best players pretty much every game. Um, oh, I said at the start of the year to my mate that seeing Patrick Cripps win it overall would actually be something that you know I would find quite enjoyable, but. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say on him other than the fact that he's just a good player, obviously, and, and he'll be polling, so. As he does most times he's out there. Um, yeah, pretty much. Royal of the Blues? Oh, yeah. Look, you can't go past Paddy Cripps. He started the season with him unbelievably um, sensational. And, yeah, you, you hope that if you're a Carlton fan that, the back end of the season doesn't really, you know, hinder his chances of winning it. Like, again, he had a bit of a form dip and then also a couple of injuries as well didn't help him. But yeah, it does make a difference when your team is winning games. And, you know, obviously Carlton improved a lot um, as a club this year. And that's obviously going to help Paddy and his um, poll to win the Brownland. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up winning it. That, that first half of the season was, was something special. Yeah, if you talk super coach alone, it was great. So... If that sort of replicates to, to Brownlow votes, he's going to definitely be up there with um, the likes of Lockie Neal as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he can hold on if you're a Carlton fan as well. That's I, found him a very, I found him a really hard one to sort of gauge this year because yeah. I, I found myself like asking a lot of Carlton supporters because, you know, just a bit of a disclaimer for people out there, I you know, as much as it is my opinion, I do sort of try and bounce my thoughts off different media things and different, you know, other people who I know follow those clubs passionately. Because I don't want to get caught up in going, oh, well, Carlton won, Patrick Coops had 30, therefore he's automatically best player on the ground. I really try to take into account impact and yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, if, for example, in that round 17 game where he was in their better players, I think Charlie Kerno kicked seven or six or something and, and, and just seemed to have more impact on that game. Um, and that's not to say Cripps was bad, but, yeah, that's why I like to sort of get other people's opinions. And I found that hard with Cripps this year. Uh, just to see where to put him. Yeah, just you yeah. didn't want to just give him votes because he's Patrick Cripps and he had good stats. Like, uh, so, yeah, I could be on the money with him and I could be off, but I did find him a little bit harder than some of the other uh, gun midfielders. And definitely like with the, the the addition of Georgie Hewitt as well, like Sam Walsh again, Dockery, like there was a lot of players that you know impacted Carlton games that definitely wanting and could take votes off Patrick Cripps as well. So it'd be interesting to see how the umpires put it in that. And also, like you said, with Charlie Kerno, Harry Mackay winning games off their own boot, do, do they sort yeah. of take the three instead of the twos that potentially expected to go the other way? So it'd be interesting to see on Brown and how those go. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it feels like a lot of those games, though, if he was just clearly just the man out there. Like, yeah, well, well, like, he's obviously, you know, I don't even have him for a, a single one vote. He's either got a three or a two every time I've got him polling. So... He's always in that mix, but yeah, like I said, I like to bounce that thought off other people um, just to make sure I'm not getting too carried away and just giving him votes for his, for his name. Not being biased. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Um, across to the Pies. Uh, I don't know. Probably one of your tougher teams out there. Maybe, and <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah. maybe one spot someone can find a little bit of value on the market for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so for those who don't know, I'm a avid Collingwood supporter. Uh, but I, I truly believe that uh, we just had a great even spread this year. And I think that sort of reflects in the votes, to be honest, because there's no clear standout leader, in my opinion. Um, and also our top vote-getter is nowhere near what some of the other clubs' top vote-getters are, even though we won 16 games. Um, but I think just from um, history, well, not history, but in, in past years of doing this, I, I sort of compare it to Richmond a little bit, not saying that we'll win the premiership or anything like that, but just that other than Dusty, when they weren't, you know, when it, when it wasn't Dusty, everyone else was just so even. And that's sort of how I feel like we are this year, like... I know we won a lot of games, but considering we won a lot in very close games or we'd come from behind, you know, by three or four goals and we spent most of the day probably being outplayed, um, I think there's plenty of opportunity for other players to be polling best on ground against us, um, even though we won. So, yeah, in the first half of the year, I I did have Jordan Degoe. Uh, leading the way for us and then he obviously had a little bit of a slip up in the middle of the year and dropped back but then um, obviously Josh Dacos was really good in the second half but still didn't even have him polling the best on ground um, Jack Crisp I just realised I surprisingly don't even have him getting a vote in the second half of the year when only went 11 at the break but then yeah he was only in our best players two times after that bye uh, who else is there Nick Dacos was obviously really good but and, you know, I've got him on 12 votes being four best on ground performances. But, you know, as as good as he was for a first-year player, like, do the umpires recognise him that much? Like, I don't know. It's I think it's a hard run with Collingwood. So that's probably going to be a market that I wouldn't touch myself because I think it's just so close and even. Huge value there. 250 on Chris, 3 bucks on Dacos, uh, 325 on Jordan Degoe, and then obviously 7 bucks on Nick Dacos in the end. Uh, uh, Who's probably no? Uh, sorry, not Nick Doggers. Josh Dacos. Um, yeah. Well, what are your thoughts of the pies? Oh yeah. Well, look, speaking to two you know passionate colleagues supporters and seeing the outside, you know, I, I can't speak anything more highly of the football club. Um, the, the way that you guys turned it around and like the even spread of your team, like the amount of close wins you had. Like you said, to me, like there wasn't really the, a massive standout every single week. It was more just a collective from the team that an even spread, and there wasn't really. Players that like, like I had a Dusty Marty type season where the, you know, they were consistently the best player on the ground. It was just an even spread throughout your team, and it and it speaks volumes that you guys are playing in a prelim this week. But um, I've I don't think I've actually ever seen a guy transition into AFL as seamlessly as Nick Dacos. Like, yes, he's playing one of the easier positions if you if you want to be like that. But the impact that he's had as a first year player, I think, will actually replicate in terms of his Brownlow votes, and I and I do think that he'll probably pip. Jordan to go for your most votes um, on Brown. I think that, you know, back end just after the bye, you know, hitting into that last couple of weeks of the season, he was just instrumental. Like he had a couple of 40 game, high 30 game possessions, kicked a couple of goals and was crucial in a few of your wins. And if he's not getting best on grounds on those, oh, I really don't know what the umpires are watching. So I, I really wouldn't be surprised if he picks up like a, a cheap one or a um, couple of ones at the start of the season and, and back end, he just gets a couple of threes to, to really poll um, on top. And I don't think, yeah, you, you're probably not going to have anyone over probably 15 votes due to the fact that you guys were such an even team this year. you got Josh Dacos, Nick, and then you got got um, yeah, Degoe 
and then Crispy, and then you know you got like Pinskys and, and that um, Pendles was you know historically always polls really well. So you just got an even spread. And I wouldn't be surprised if you you poll low, but a lot of people get the ones and twos throughout your team as well. Yeah, would agree. Yeah, and I mean you have a look at the spread. How many times he's in the best and not polling here? I mean you've got him on twelve yeah. or four best on the round, so yeah, I don't exactly. hate it. Um, off to the Bombers. Now, again, probably not huge, but Zaki Merritt's come home with a strong sale. and uh, You've got him four best on grounds in a row there. Um, Smitty, yeah. what are the Bombers offer for you? Uh, yeah, well, obviously it's all Parrish in the first half of the year and then it's all Merritt in the second half. Um, and then other than that, I think um, there's not really much relevant Essendon relevance. Um Royal being the Essendon aficionado of the three of us, he's probably more fitted to speak on the matter. But, yeah, I just sort of, um, I don't know, I, like, like I said it off the top, I just watch the games and just go with what I feel. And, and I do feel like Zach Merritt was Essendon's best player nearly every week in that period. Um, I'm just trying to think. That Sydney game, they weren't expected to win. The Brisbane game... Yeah, Neil got tagged and he was pretty good. And see, that's what I mean when I just was talking about Collingwood. You know, we won that game, but obviously it came as a result of Jamie Elliott's kick after the siren. But Merritt was doing what he wanted that day. So, yeah, um, thanks for reminding me, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I've watched it plenty of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just a prime example right there of Zach Merritt getting the three against Collingwood. Just that, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Royal? Yeah, I think it's. I think you summed up pretty well. I think it was a tell of two halves for us, as a club. Obviously, we're you know abysmal on field this year, and the way we started was pretty poor. So I don't expect you know the the merits parishes or anyone really to to poll many votes. Um, the way we started the season. So yeah, I think obviously the first half of the season before Parish got injured, um, just before around that buy, he was probably on track to get another probably twenty votes this year. But, um, you know, Zachy Merity, and like you say, Corey, all the time in, in Supercoach as well, like he's such a great back half at the end of the season player. Mm. And I think, like, again, he, he sort of replicated that again where he sort of came to his own after the buys. And, like, yeah, I expect him to probably pick up majority of our votes and he was probably instrumental in a few of our, you know, wins that are unexpected, like the Brisbane's and the, and the Sydney games. So I definitely expect Zachy Merritt and Parrish to be our one and two. But if there is a market that excludes them two, I definitely would be having a look at uh, Mason Redmond. Um, I think he um, would be probably our next best, probably maybe even along Dylan Shield as well. But, yeah, I think... Mason Redmond might surprise a few with how many votes he gets. But, yeah, all in all, a probably dis- disappointing season for us. I wouldn't be touching much on the sports bet um, with Essendon, to be fair. Yeah, he Zach Merritt at a dollar twenty. That's just a stopping filler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he has some moral. Uh, across to the Dockers, uh, obviously a serious contender here in Brayshaw, who really slowed it down. At the back end of the season, according to Schmidt's spready here. We got him finished on 27, Schmidt. What's, uh, what's going on in Dockerland? Yeah, similar to Lockie Neal, I guess. Just, you know, race out of the blocks. And it, for the most part of the year, I, it was really only him and, um, yeah, Brayshaw and Neal that I had at the top of the leaderboard until we got to the buy rounds. And then as, as the second half of the season came around, like, I started to notice that because I, I actually thought to myself, at the buy rounds that oh maybe maybe I'm a bit off here because I felt like the uh, the total like the tally of votes that I had for these two guys at the midway mark was like 
man, these guys are going to fly past 30. Like, you know, maybe I've completely butchered this, but obviously as the season went on and everything sort of started to average out, they sort of settled on a total that was a bit more reasonable. Um, obviously for Frio, they lost three games and drew one um, out of their last nine. Um, and even though they won the last two, the AFL app didn't even have him in their best players. So that sort of fills me with a little bit of confidence that I might have read that one the right way. Um, and in the, in the losses, I wouldn't imagine he'd be getting anything more than a one, considering especially that Melbourne game, they got pantsed. Um, but yeah, 27 would have him missing out on winning, but obviously he's um, started off like an animal and he is in their best players a couple of times in the back end, but, and, you know, a few ones in or twos, you know, might, like we said for Lockie Neal, elevate him above the rest, but I'm pretty confident how I've sort of come up with him. And then Will Brody's the dollar dollar twenty five without Lockie Neal uh, in there too. Do you worry that, that the Will Brody factor of a new club, uh, seasoned man running around, might not get it? Might not poll as well as... Yeah. Um... So you say he's a dollar twenty without Brayshaw. Yeah, dollar twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that's pretty consistent with what I've come up with. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll recognise him. Maybe they won't. It's hard to say. I just don't think, other than him, there they really had that many standout contributors. Like Sarong's a really good player, and I, I rate him. Um, but yeah, I don't think he was all that good, especially in the first half. Um, and then other than him. You know, Fife is obviously a, 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 a poll getter. I'm sorry, a vote getter, but he was out for a lot of the year. And other than those three, there's no one else who really demands votes when they win. So Sean Darcy was a bit down again this year too. So I think it's, I think it's Brayshaw and they won enough games where, um, you know, the, there's going to be someone else who probably polls a few. And I, I do think it's Will Brody this year. So Widespread, yeah. Um, Royal? The docs. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys summed it up pretty well. Like, yeah, Andy Brayshaw, probably the two best way runner in the in the comp. And then, like, yeah, he started the season was great. And if I'm looking at sports, but here leading off the five rounds, I've got him as favourite at two twenty five. So, um, it could be a bit of value there. Um, but yeah, definitely. I feel like even though Will Brody had you know a really great season, is it that kind of sort of great example of the umpires waiting a year, even though like he's not in contention for a Brownlow? Like, it's like does he slide under their radar because he was such an accumulator rather than damaging footballer, if, if, if you know what I'm trying to say there? But yeah, like, is it is that that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, Brody had 25, but did he really impact a Fremantle victory rather than there's like a Sarong that's more of you, you know, your, your luxury, sexy type plays, and then you've got um, the likes of, you know, Sarong, and then you've got, you know, you know Hayden Youngs and Jordan Clarks that were coming through as well, Sean Darcy's. Those other kind of players that are sort of more. You know, in your face, and they'll sort of impact the game with maybe less disposal. So, yeah, I, I reckon Will Brody would probably still get Fremantle's second most votes, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does miss a few of those ones and twos that Schmidt's got on there as well. All right, let's jump across. Sorry, before you go on, Corey, do you think Will um, Andy Brasher after round five leading the Brownlows is sort of a, a good bet for that one, or do you guys think there's someone else that probably might be leading that? Uh, I think personally, Neil would be my tip. Yeah, I'd probably take mm. Lockie Neil as well. 
Yeah, he's at five. I'm sorry, I'm just looking. I've got another tab open here. I can see yeah. top fives. Um, so Brayshaw, hang on, I just need to scroll up a little bit. Uh, where's Lockie Neal? Oh, there he is. Okay, so Lockie Neal would be on what I've predicted, 11 after five. Mm-hmm. I would have Brayshaw on nine after five. Took Miller yeah. would be on six after five. Clary, five after five. Cripple would be on Trips, nine, nine after yeah. five. And track five, uh, nine after five. That's the top six. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Brayshaw. So unless there's five. someone else who, what, what you no, getting, which I don't what think. What are you getting leader after the first five? Five fifty. Yeah, I don't mind that. Ooh. Yeah, that's not bad odds. To be fair, so five seventy. Yeah, something to think about. Juicy. Um, well, see if that's right, then if he if he if they've got him at five fifty and he's not the leading vote getter after round five, then. Maybe he won't win it, according to the rest of mine. Mm. I He's just been completely debunked. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying it. Like, I, I obviously believe what I've got here. Um, but yeah, that would that would that would say that Neil would be leading after round five. But if if he's not, then he's obviously not starting off to the season the way that I well, anticipated. And if he, if he does, I mean, imagine he does, then you probably yeah. assume that he's coming into a short-priced favourite early on in the year as well. Yeah. So it could be one of those ones that if you're going to back Lockie Neal, have a little flutter on him before Brownlow not. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the Cats, mate. Now, this is probably the first time I've ever seen poll over 100 votes as a team. Yeah. Yeah, like we were saying off um, off air before the podcast, I, I can't remember what my team totals have been in recent times, but I don't feel like I've had a team poll over 100 together. So, And I don't know, historically speaking, if that's been achieved before, but um, I feel like 100 votes is quite a few votes. But for a team that wins 18 games and goes on a 14-game streak, it's pretty reasonable too to think that they might. Um, and the dollar thirty favorite that you've got here, and you got him polling really well as well. Sorry, dollar thirty that sports bet have him. You've got him polling really well. He's Jeremy Cameron. Yeah, yeah. I was telling I was telling my old man the other day, and he, he was surprised that it, that I had Jeremy Cameron as their leading vote getter. But the thing with Geelong, and it, it's sort of the Collingwood thing all over again. Like they're just such an even team, and like and that's been documented by them themselves because you know. You know, with the Dangerfields and the Selwoods starting on the bench because, you know, blokes like Max Holmes and Cam Guthrie and Brad Close and all these types who have sort of been not fringe players, but just like, are they going to come through sort of thing? They've, they've been playing their role really, really well. And, they've you know, they've been winning without their stars dominating. But Jeremy Cameron is just too hard to go past when he has 25 touches and kicks four goals like... Those sort of numbers are just how you not get recognised for having a game like that. No, I, agree, I completely agree. Um, Royal, when you got some yeah. Geelong track to go? Well, the, it's interesting. The line for Geelong with points is a nine eight and a half, and nice. you know, so it, you know, Schmidt is pretty good on that one. Um, yeah, and you, and you talk about history with Geelong. Um, you think straight away Dangerfield, Joel Selwood on Brownlow night and to be. You wouldn't be surprised if neither of them get more than five votes at all all season because, like you said, it's such an even spread from this team this year and it and sort of replicating that final as well. There was no real clear best on ground players in that 14-game streak that they had as well. Jeremy Cameron was probably the closest to 
at best. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets that over twenty. And I even had a look, and I don't even think he'd be. He's even on the market for a top twenty finish. That's um. Nah, he's just too short. Yeah. So yeah, it's unbelievable how crazy of a key forward can actually have an impact on Brownlow and, and he's probably going to be one of those ones where it's like the Matthew Richardson type sort of yeah is he going to have that one where it's like does he poll where he's expected to or is he just going to not be you know rewarded for such a great career uh, season sorry so it'd be interesting to see how it goes on Brownlow not yeah it'll be very interesting very, very I think the betting the thing that sort of um, not fills me with confidence but just makes me is a bit of a reminder that I might be on the right track throughout the year is that the betting is always sort of reflected where I've had him in my rankings. Like if yeah. I've had him, you know, 10th and thought, wow, Jeremy Cameron, so I'll put him in 10th at the moment. That's maybe a bit overs. You can check the betting and he's always in the first line. You sort of go back and go, okay, well, someone else sort of is seeing it the same way as me. So might not be too far off. Yeah, it wasn't wrong. All right, off to Gold Coast and Took, Took, Took Miller. You've got him on 28. You've got him tied yep. for the Brownlow, Smitty. Bit of a slower yep. start, but uh, comes home with a strong sale. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, they lost their fair share of games to Gold Coast, but um, he's just another one who's too hard to deny. Sort of a little bit Rory Laird-ish in the fact that he just gets that much of the ball and he you know, kicks a goal and whatever else and, and statistically like, looks good. I think the stats that appeal to me the most that I – I don't 100% just go to the top guy who's had the most, you know, score involvements or whatever, but I feel like score involvements and contested possessions and, you know, inside 50s, centre clearances, I feel like those are the stats that are appealing and and a guy like Took Miller just does all those things. Um, The thing that he's probably got more in favour than what a Rory Laird would be is that even though they lost, they obviously won more games than Adelaide, but their losses weren't as heavy and they were in, you know, a lot of close games. Um, so that obviously gives him a bit more scope to poll. There's a game, uh, that Geelong game uh, in round 22, where they lost by 60 points. He is in their best players. And I just wanted to note that I didn't give him a vote in that game, but the AFL predictors given him two. And that's the only, so I've got him finishing on 28. They've got him finishing on 30. And that's, that's the only difference, that, that two votes there. Um, they don't have him finishing on 30, do they? They've got him finishing on... No, they've got him finishing on 30 votes. So what have they got the winner on? Uh, him on 30. Yeah, oh, yeah they've got him and then Brayshaw's yeah. second with 28. Yeah, Brayshaw to a second. Shit, I didn't know that. Wasn't he? Yeah. He like eight to, yeah, he's 8 to 1. Yeah, yeah. he's eight, an $8 odd, yeah. Jesus. They've got him winning it. Um, I've obviously got him equal first. Uh, but yeah, like I was going to say that that round twenty-two game where they lost by sixty, I, I find it very hard to give a guy votes when their team loses that heavily. And I, I pretty much said to myself, I'm going to go back to a game last year where he dominated, but Melbourne reamed them by about ninety points, and he didn't get a vote in that game. So that sort of dictated to me, okay, well I won't give him a vote because he didn't poll in the actual Brownlow, not in my predictor. Yeah, he right. didn't poll at all in that game. So I thought, okay, well, heavy loss. He might not poll here, so I'll, I'll leave him out. But I, don't, I, I feel like that game really might determine if come Brownlow night when we're watching and it gets to round 22 and, and Took's there with the leaders. If he polls in that game, that might be the difference between him winning and, and potentially not. Too bad that game's not early, eh? Yeah. Like, it's one of those ones that you just like, fuck, I wish it was a little bit earlier in the season and... 
Yep. Um, yeah, could have potentially had a look at getting some money on live. Yeah. Yeah. But now it is what it is, isn't it? That's it. Ah, uh, fuck. The Noah Anderson surely is the market without... Uh, hang on. Let me yeah, looks that, it looks that way. Okay. Real is probably not good enough. Uh, Gold Coast without Miller. Uh, yeah, Anderson is on a 15. So, yeah, probably not even worth touching. Um, fuck, still on the Gold Coast wagon, Royal? Yeah, just quickly. Like, the last two games, in, if you're looking at the AFL app itself, it's got... Miller with two and then two, 20, round 22 and 23. And then Schmidt's only got him for one. So, like you said, Schmidt, if it, if it comes to those last two games and he's up there, yeah. that could be the difference between him and winning it and losing it. So, it'd be really good to see how the AFL see him in those last couple of games, the umpires. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be begrudging people to put some money on him at eight. I'll definitely be chunking on it before that shortens because, uh, yeah, he definitely will be up there on Brown or not. Yep. Just have a small flutter somewhere. 100%. Yeah. Um, on to GWS, and again, another team that doesn't have a lot of players all over the spreadsheet, but one that could offer a little bit of value on that gambling night. Um, Mr. Schmitty, and that's GWS. You've got Josh Kelly at all eighty, Cornelia dollar ninety five, and then Lockie Nitfield, <laughs> Nitfield, Whitfield, the next closest <laughs> in line on, with twenty six to one. Uh, is it a two horse race between Kelly and Cornelia? Yeah, I think so, and that, and that's reflected in. Um in my votes, really. I, they were obviously pretty abysmal this year, GWS. And um, I think from memory, uh, the AFL predictor had given Josh Kelly a fair few more votes than what I have. They've seen something that I potentially haven't. Um, last year, I think I w- went the opposite. I think I went heavy on Kelly and he, and he was nowhere near it. Um, but, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting because I think Kelly will probably poll... I oh, know I've got him, him and Cogs in five games each. I don't know. Well, obviously you've got Cogs polling more best on. So if he doesn't, then um, that automatically brings him down to probably below Kelly. Uh, but either either way, like, neither of them interests me. I won't be touching GWS either, just because they were poor and there's not really much going on. And other than those two, it's really a toss of the coin on sort of who whoever's. Um, sort of adjudicating the best on ground, whether or not the sort of the values that, well, the things that they value more, you know, whether it's a Cogs style game or a Kelly style game. One of those ones that can really hurt you. Uh, Roy? Yeah. I pretty much like Supercoach. I don't really want to touch any GWS players, but I think Caniglia will probably get most votes for GWS. Yeah, and I'm avoiding GWS at all costs. Uh, yeah. When it comes to anything like that, the Hawkers... Another team that's going to be yes, very, no. very, very interesting, but uh, we have to have a touch, of, uh, a chat about them. Joy Newcomb two fifty, Tom Mitchell two fifty, Sicily four fifty, Gunston five dollars, Mitchell Lewis twenty one to one, and the really interesting one here, uh, Schmitty, you've got him taking out Hawthorne's votes. The market has him at twenty six to one. Dylan, Dylan Moore, they got him nowhere near it. Dylan Moore, they have him nowhere near it, and you've got him winning Hawthorne's votes. Yeah, only narrowly, though, and there's no one really polling all that well. Um, Are you going to have a flutter come Brown or not? I might have to now that you say that, eh? Yeah. I might have to just literally get on him to win their votes. Who'd you say was their favourite? Uh, Titch. Titch and Newcomb at $2.50 each. Prob- I just don't think Titch was that good this year. Obviously... 
you can see that Mitchell and Newcomb got in their best quite a few times. So there's obviously some scope to pull there, but um, maybe I just got too caught up with having Dylan Moore in my draft keeper side and that he had a breakout year in terms of super coach scores. Um, yeah, oh, well, just Hawthorne in general, like, I don't think they're going to poll that well as a team anyway because they were obviously pretty poor overall. Um, but I don't know. I'm just having a quick look. Who's who I've got polling in their wins? Uh, Mitch Lewis obviously kicked a big bag in round two. Jack Gunston might be a smoky. Yeah, well, true. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe he's the one that. I've completely overlooked then. Sis, there's always there's always bound to be one or two. Last year, I think from my top twenty, I might have been fairly off on about two of them, but I think the for the most part it was pretty close. Yeah. Um, look, a market that I'm staying away from, but uh, Royal. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. I will have look in saying that. Sorry, catch off. I'll have five bucks on Dylan Moore for you. Like, I'm not going into that game without having a cheeky five slapped on it for sure. Yeah, I might yeah. do it. Yeah. Why not? Good name as well, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, not much, honestly. I think, yeah, I think John Newcomb will take out. Um, I'm actually surprised Tom Mitchell's actually equal favourite to take out their votes. I think he, he had a really underwhelming season compared to John Newcomb. He was when he comes second in the uh, NAB Rising Star, so I think he'll most likely take out their votes. Yeah, it'll be a colour next year too. Uh, Tom yeah. yeah. How, do you guys, how do you guys feel about that? I'd love it. I'm I'm warming to it because I'm a I'm a massive Grundy fan. Literally waited twelve months to meet him to get him to sign like I got a sign jumper from him and now he's gonna leave and I'll be shattered. Um but I think the the blow will be softened if we can get in teach because I feel like that's one of our real deficiencies. Yeah, agree. Um, okay, off to Melbourne and this fucking hell, what a leg this is. Now you've copped a mm. lot of slack during the week. Shitty over, <laughs> yeah, over this You've got Clayton Oliver on 26 votes, being beaten by Christian Petrarca on 27. Now, I come brown on it, wouldn't surprise me, but I seriously think Art Oliver's either winning it or coming second. Um, or third, to be honest, now that we've got that tuk tuk factor involved too. If you, you took the, uh, what's his name from last year? Jack Steele, the one that you persuaded yeah, me on. Yeah. Um, but we got Clary at $1.40, Petrarca at two seventy five. Now, it is a two-horse race here. There's no point even looking at anyone else. Um, no. But yeah, kind of talk me through it. If you can remember where you've given votes, in what section yeah. and why. I think, look, I think for me, right, I just, like I said, I try to go a lot off impact. And that's not to say Clary hasn't impacted he obviously is a centre clearance beast, and that's where that's his bread and butter, and that's what will get him recognised. But for me, the games I watched in Melbourne that that I've got track polling ahead of Clary is just big purely because I feel like track like sets the game up in terms of scores and has just I don't know had more moments where he's just put the team on his shoulders and gone, come on boys, let's get it done, and and he finds a way to create a score or kicks a goal himself. And, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about the way he plays that is just appealing to me that, um, yeah, look, I love Clayton Oliver. He'd be one of my favourite players in the whole comp, and it wouldn't surprise me if he won. Um, And if that's as a result of track not polling as well as I think he will, then I think Oliver is almost a shoo-in to win it. Um, But, yeah, track, just, yeah, just the way he plays, the things I look for, the score involvements and 
and the, just the impact on the games when it's within the balance. I just feel like those sort of things just really stick out. And if the umpires that way too, then I think you'll be right there when the whip's cracking. But I would just also like to add, you know, comparing my predictor to the AFL predictor, we've pretty much seen eye to eye on most of the year up until the last three rounds where I've got him polling four and they don't have him polling at all. So that might be the difference. Like I, like I was saying about Oliver, if if Chuck polls those four that I think he will, then I think he'll finish roughly where I've got him. And if he doesn't and, and it's someone like an Oliver getting those votes, which actually I'm just looking at, they've got him polling four votes in the last three rounds and Chuck polling none. Um, those votes might go to him and then it's an, it's an Oliver win, but we'll see what happens. Track three and a loss to Collingwood. Yeah, but he dominated that day. And we like I, like I said, when we went over Collingwood, like, um, yeah, it was a close enough game where Melbourne controlled the game for long enough where that someone like Christian Petrarca, who was instrumental at the start, he probably should have had three up to half time. I think he kicked one goal too. Or maybe it might have been three quarter time. He kicked one goal too and and set up a couple and this and that. Um, you know, if he kicks those goals, then all of a sudden, it, it, you know, Melbourne are going to probably win that game and, and he is a standout best on. So maybe it's a little bit of, you know, sort of close but not close enough with track where he's almost getting the best on but not quite because he's not clean enough and, and, and Clary just stands out in the middle. So... Not sure. It'll go. It could go either way, and I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong. I'm just calling it how I see it. Yep. Uh, round round one, that three votes easiest three votes you'll see in your life. Yeah, and and straight after round one, I put money on him to win. So yeah. yeah. So probably a bit of a bias factor in there as well. <laughs> no, I think I was, I think I realised that bet was long long done when uh when it was multied up with bloody Harry Mackay to win the Coleman, and then I knew that wasn't going to happen, so I forgot about track. All good, all good. Um, uh, Royal? Yeah, I don't think I've ever jumped on a guy quicker than Christian Petrarca after round two in terms of putting a multi for the brown low and then that sort of, he sort of tapered away a little bit. But it's interesting to look at the market to a player to poll in the most games. It's actually Christian, uh, sorry, playing Oliver with the most um, juicy odds with $1.57 being the clear favourite. So I think personally, uh, Clayton Oliver will pip Petrarca, but yeah, it's going to be a real tough one between them two. It can go either way, but yeah, interesting to see that Clayton will get the most, according to sports, but the most votes in each game. But is that more the ones and twos rather than the threes? But yeah, Petrarca definitely had a really hot start, and that might just get him the um the edge over uh, Clayton Oliver. Yeah, we're all on the opposite. I think Oliver's going to. I do think Oliver's going to um, end up pipping him and being the one. Yeah. I would just like to say. I'm all for I'm all for banter. I love to you know I love the comments and stuff like that when I post this because that's what it's all about. Like yeah, it's a hobby and and I do it for me. But at the end of the day, I do want to share it with someone and and the elites community, you know, is is the avenue that I've got to share it with. So I love the I love the banter and this and that. But at the end of the day, I've sat here for 23 weeks and watched Melbourne games and just put my thoughts down, you know, in in this spreadsheet and come up with these numbers right. But then the thing that cooks me. Is these nuffies that sit back and without any substantiated evidence just sit there and go, oh, this is bullshit. You got no idea what you're doing, mate. Clary's definitely going to shit it in. And like, there's just absolutely no evidence there. There's no, you've just seen the, you've just seen a game and just gone off the top of your head. 
yeah, yeah, no, he'll, 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 he'll get it, he'll get it, he'll get it. But, like, yeah, I didn't just decide yesterday or the other day when I posted the spreadsheet that I was just going to put Clary on 26 and track on 27. There's a way I'd come up with it. Anyway, moving on. Needed to get that off my chest. Had to explain yourself. Yeah, it felt like I had to, but, yeah, like I said, it's not just – didn't just decide on a on a whim that track was going to outpoll Oliver to be controversial. There was a way – I've come up with it. But anyway, yeah, like I said, I could be wrong. I'll, there's every chance I am, and Clary could pull the votes that Track doesn't get, and he, and he wins the Brownlee. But then, therefore, I predicted that too, so sitting on the fence. Yeah, good. It's the easiest place to sit, just ask me. <laughs> um, no, it's, all, it's all fun. It's all fun in games. Yeah, Love always it. good. Uh, yeah, all right, off to North Melbourne. Now, a team that offers yeah. fucking bugger all, really. Yep, probably the least out of any, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Actually, not West Coast, but anyway. Do we even have to talk about him? What do you got? LDU on nine votes. No one even close to him. I think six votes with Larky. I think LDU yeah. is probably the, one of the easiest ones you'll get um, yep. through North Melbourne. He probably, he probably just gets there. Um, yeah, he probably just polls the most votes for them purely because he's going to be probably one of the only guys who gets the best on ground. Yeah. yeah. Like Zerhar against Richmond was obviously... Pretty good. I'd feel confident about that. I think he kicked six and, and pretty much carried him. Yeah. And I don't remember the Greenwood game. I think I was actually at work that game and sort of just had to go based off, you know, sort of the feels that were out there and things that I'd read and seen and other opinions. So Fair enough. he might not even get that three. But yeah. Um, Royal. Yeah, keep it short and sweet. Um, yeah, Luke W. You know, less than half. The odds for the next person in the North Melbourne for most votes, and I think it's just yeah, they're a boring, irrelevant team, and I think LDU will just take it out in the canter. Money for jam. Um, across to Port Adelaide now, fucking Connor Rose, hey mate, if your spread is anything to go by, here, Schmitty, a dollar thirty-five, yep. lick your lips and take it to the bank. You've got him on twenty-three votes. Yep. The only thing I'm worried with Port Adelaide is that I underestimated Ollie Wines last year. <laughs> And he uh, obviously won it. Oh, I think he polled 10 more votes than I had him for. I had him on 26 last year, though, so it's not like I had him only on, like, 10. Um, yeah, he obviously went ham and polled 36 votes and won it. But, um, yeah, this this year I feel like he was probably a little bit down. Um, obviously, winning the Brownlow means you're, you're quite some sort of a level, and I don't think he was there this year. And I don't think really anyone would think that he was. But uh, I feel like Rosie... For me, it must just be a player type that I like. Not not saying these guys are all exactly alike, but you know when they're up and going, it's the, the likes of like Dugowie and Petrarca and Rosie. They're not. I know they're not same body types and and that sort of thing, but they're guys who are just like explosive. They kick goals. They they don't have to have forty to you know to be a best on ground. And I feel like Rosie. Um, I had a breakout second half of the year, especially um, won medals in, you know, however many, whatever games I had medals in and or whatever it was, or, you know, the best on-ground trophy for their, um, where's the Adelaide game? I can't quite see it. I know he didn't get in the first one, but I think he did in the second time. Yeah, there he is in round 23. Um, yeah, just that type, I think. Maybe it's just a sort of a player that I, that I'm um, attracted to. Um, yeah breaking out of the centre and kicking goals and having 25-30 and that's enough for me to 
consider you for a three or a two, really. Right. Yeah, I think his back half of the season was just instrumental um, from from personal, you know, note. Uh, yeah, it would be surprised if he if he try um, tracks onto that twenty three votes. But yeah, like it's, I think he's just gonna double the most for the next Port Adelaide player. So I think it'll be a nice easy one for on the bookies for one thirty five for him most votes for Port Adelaide. Bag it up. Yeah, I think it was finally a breaking point for like you know for Port Adelaide. They've been saying for years like you know we want to sort of go away from the Bokes and yeah, um, him and Butters getting that midfield time. Yeah, you know, let's get Butters and Rosie in there. And and Butters was still good, uh, but I don't think he was Rosie good. And I think Rosie, like, literally took the position with both hands and made it his own. And I don't think he'll ever go back to being a, um, you know, a half forward or coming out of the goal score. He might, he might for a rest, sort of fielders do because he can kick goals and he does have a good goal sense but just out of the middle the run that he gives them and just the explosiveness I think he I think it will show in his voting yeah I couldn't agree more. yeah yeah so um, Richmond interesting one here you got Shy Bolton on 16 you got uh, Dale Prestia on 16 they are 1 and 2 uh, you get 275 on Bolton and $1.50 on Prestia um, a Tigers are a team that I am going absolutely fucking nowhere near um, yeah but yeah yeah, um, yeah, Richmond's another one. Like you just said, probably won't go near him. Bolton, I might be getting sucked into a little bit of, I don't know, just I'm not quite sure what the word is. Pre- Pressy is obviously the you know the midfield ball that he get he gets recognised because he's getting thirty and he's winning them out of the centre. They didn't really have anyone else. You know, Cochin was Cochin was obviously good in the last six games, as you can see there. Um, but other than that. You know, Dusty didn't play a lot of the year, and um, they sort of had Jaden Short in there for a little bit to try and. I don't know if it was whether or not it was to fill a void or if it was to actually try and get him to take that step, sort of like that Rory has. But um, Prestia was pretty much like, you know, their solo top midfielder for the second half of the year or whenever he wasn't injured, and and Bolton's just that one that if he pulled, you know, if depending on what the umpires sort of value more on the day, if it's the, the guy who's extracting it out of the middle or the, the guy who's, you know, flashing and finishing it off, and um, that'll probably separate those two. But obviously Bolton's really hard to, to, to deny because he's just that exciting, yeah, eye-catching player. And, and Richmond, again, they're an, they're an even side. And they didn't have an amazing year. They weren't bad. They obviously made the finals. Um, but... Yeah, I think in terms of like standout players when they win, uh, Bolton was there quite a lot. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I've got him overs. I feel like in hindsight, I maybe have him a little bit higher than he probably will be. But again, he does the flashy things and he kicks the bags. And yeah, he'll be there. Uh, he'll be definitely in the eye of the umpires. I think. Parts for me, Royal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with what Shreddy said. Like I think Shaw Bolton's the epitome of that player that the umpires look for and. And they're voting like he's just that X Factor type player. And it's it's interesting to see how, you know, different in, in terms of value the, the sports bet market has for Richmond's most votes at Dion Press at one fifty and Shaw Bolton at two seventy five. So it's interesting to see that <clears throat> you got him split Schmidt, obviously, but yeah, sportsmen have them so far apart. But I think if it wasn't for <clears throat> Richmond's positional changes with Jaden Short, I think he would have won it. But if you talk about them when they were winning flags, they always they always had an even contribution. There was never really one standout player, and I think it's the same here. 
I'll, I'll be doing what you do, Corey, and just steering clear of Richmond, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and it goes to St. Kilda, and this is the interesting one, because you've got a dollar thirty-five in Jack Steele, who missed a lot of the year. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, oh, not a lot, but, you know, that, that little broad stretch in the middle that would have had him probably a little bit more competitive. Sinclair at four fifty. Now, I don't even know. What have you got him on? Uh, you got him on nine. Got him on nine. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, I thought might have. You know, without even checking this, I, I probably would have liked a little bit of Sinclair, but I'm not touching it at all. This is another team that I'm happy to pass on because um, they've got Brad Crouch second uh, with a third, sorry, at five bucks. But I think a dollar thirty-five is almost too short to even touch for a player that missed so much football. Yeah, well, um, it's a it's a bit weird when you look at it because. Jack Steele was in their best players every game except round 22. I think that gap in the middle from the Geelong game when he got injured, uh, so therefore Adelaide, round 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, would have all been missed by injury and not just from not featuring in their That's best right. players. Um, it's, it's hard to say with St. Kilda because their year was just so polar opposite. They literally went 8-3 and three and then 3-8, and eight, like... In the first half of the year, Sinclair's in their best play of nearly every game. So, yeah, he might might pull better than I anticipate. But then in the back half, like, yeah, there's not a lot of... I don't think there's a lot of scope for players to really pull because they just were so terrible. I just... I don't understand how a team don't go as good as they do and then as bad as they did in the second half. But... Such such a marginal game. Like, yeah. doesn't take much. You've got to drop off the tiniest bit and you're back with the back. Another team that's just a pass for me. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, Swannies. Ah, uh, sorry. Anything for you, Royal? Sorry. Nah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. They just pass on them. Yeah. Um. Swannies. Uh. Sweetie, sorry. Yeah. Have, yeah. Um. Callum Mills on twenty. Yeah. Bowling yep. pretty well. Luke Parker on twelve. Uh, Chatty Warner on fifteen. Um. Which is probably the one that surprised me a little bit, but not too bad at all. Callum Mills at a dollar thirty. Probably money for jam here for this one, I'd say. Yeah, I, I think so too. I'm, I'm pretty confident about Mills. He, he pulled around the same last year. I think Parker got close to him, if not maybe just out pulled him, but um, I think they were both on around 19 or 18, give or take. Um, and I just think this year it's pretty much more of the same with Sydney where Mills will poll that. But I, yeah, I think maybe Warner's taken those votes that Parker would have gotten in the past. Um, yeah, but other than those three, um, no one else really knocking down the door. Like he, I think um, Heaney might poll better at the start of the year than I've anticipated, but I don't think he'll threaten to be anywhere near their top vote getters. Um, Buddy, probably not. Blakey, no, even though he was good. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty much Mills or Mill. Yeah, I, would, I don't think Warner will get him, but I think it's Mills. Money for jam, I think. Yeah, Royal. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think Mills wins it, and sports fair agree. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Chad Warner comes second. He had a really, really good year, so I think next year is going to be a year where he sort of contends a bit more and pulls in a bit more votes. Yeah, big fan of Chad. Yep. Same. Yeah, I, I love him. I love the way he goes about it. I think his his ball his ball use can be a little bit suspect, but um, yeah, he, he runs and breaks the lines and does all the things I was talking about those other types of players doing, you know? 
Uh, no chance of touching the next team. That's West Coast. But Josh no, Kenny is there, 65, then there's fucking there's a dart thrown. I think the only reason he'd be that short is because he had that guaranteed three votes against the Bombers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, no doubt, 100. Um, yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm not even touching. It. I don't even want to talk about him. So if you two want to add anything, no. no uh, all I'll say is even the twos and ones I've got here, I'm not even confident that they'll come through like that. But yeah, the only the only one we can be sure of is Kennedy dominating Essendon. And then the W's. Fucking what a tough team to do. Normally you'd have like McRae flying out the gates, Bont flying out the gates, but yeah. it's you've got them all pretty tight and so does Sportsbet. Dunkley 250, Bont 3 bucks, Bailey Smith 450, McRae 6 bucks. Um, so look here, according to you, you got Bont and Dunkley tied, so you're doing something yeah. right. Yeah, that's just, that's probably another team I'm just going to have to pass on purely because it's just so close. Um, unfortunately for McRae, as good as he is as an accumulator, I just don't think he's that damaging. And again, I know I'm sound like a broken record. It, it just comes down to that type of player, that the type of player like the Bond. I didn't in, even include him in, in my list before of players who can dominate the middle and still kick goals. He just McRae doesn't fit that mould, and therefore I don't think he's he's just not in the eye of the umpires as good of a player as we all know he is. Um, Bailey Smith, I had his first half of the year. Um, quite, yeah, polling quite well. I think he, I think he missed the first four games of after the bye. Did he get, did he get four weeks for that cocaine thing? Or yeah, yeah. can we allow to say that on this podcast? Yeah. That, that thing with the talcum powder. Honestly, you can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> um, really, I'm pretty sure. I mean, bombs drop. Let's see. Fucking second episode. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, obviously, then I've got Smith slowing down and only polling one more time in the back half. Um, Bont was good in their push to the finals. Uh, Dunk, you know, the three for Dunkley at the end. I had him. Obviously, gets him to a tie with Bont. Um, but yeah, just too close to call for mine. So probably not one that I'd be willing to go either way on. It just defeats the purpose, really. I've got them both on fourteen. There's no point in me now saying, "Oh yeah, no, I'll back Bont because." That's not obviously what I've got, so... Mm. Yeah, that's all I've got on them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Dunkley should pip Bond, but being Bond, being the love child of the AFL, I think he might just give him, <laughs> to be fair. Sort of like, sort of like Supercoach, they're such an even spread team, and I think that's probably an epitome of what Schmitty's got on the, uh, the spreadsheet as well. I think it's an even contribution, so... Yeah, I would steer clear of the doggies as well. Grab a couple of good odds out there. Um, look, from that, I've taken my little bet. I'll, I'll speak bets with you boys at the end, or, unless you want to yeah. jump in now. But my little team bet that I like from that, uh, Benny Keys, Adelaide's without Laird, Zachy Merritt, LDU, Connor Rosie, and Callum Mills. Um, that'll get you 5.27 boosted on sports bet. Nice. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. So um, I think I'll take a little bit of that. Yeah, I might too. I don't, know. I don't have anything from the betting front yet, just because... Uh... Yeah, I'm more into the numbers and haven't quite sat down and looked at what I can actually get for my findings, but um, I'm sure I will in due course. Um, all right, now you wanted to talk your top 10 predictor comparison tool. Um, yeah. Can you, just, can you take yeah. the floor with that? Um, I'm going to have to kind of push through and wrap things up a little bit. Yeah, no, nah, we'll, 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 we'll wrap it up, yeah. No, no just um, so, so, yeah, pretty much all it is is th- this top 10 is the top 10 of the AFL predictor. And then I've just gone and put my my votes next to theirs and just to sort of see, you know, just whether or not we're on the same track or or whether or not we're completely polar. I think if you look at Took, 
Um, I've got him obviously polling in round four and five, whereas they don't. And they've got him in eleven, whereas I don't. But for the most part, it's pretty it's pretty even. Um, on to Brayshaw, that's almost identical as far as I can see, other than a couple of little discrepancies. Um, and say Oliver, yeah, Oliver's a different one. We've obviously there's one, two, three, four, five games where one of us has him polling and the other one doesn't. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Cripps is pretty bang on, except I've got him polling in a game that they don't. Neil is pretty close for the most part. Um, yeah, and track, like I said, in the Melbourne part of the pod, um, yeah, is also pretty identical except the last three rounds I've got in polling where they don't. Um, uh, other than that, like Prestia and who else is there? Walsh and Rosie and Cameron. Um, yeah, they're all a little bit indifferent, but they were just – they're obviously in the top 10 of the AFL, so I sort of just put them in there. And, and my placings are pretty similar too, but I don't think it really matters whether or not we see eye to eye too much on them just because they're not going to be there at the end. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just, it was just a slide or a tab that I decided to do sort of last minute. More is just a, because as much as I like doing the, um, the stats and all that stuff, I also like the analysis side of it because. That pretty much tells me whether or not I should bother with next year because <laughs> if I'm miles off it, there's no point. Um, you know, I'll do a few other sort of analyses, uh, analysing sort of things. Um, but, yeah, it was more just a, just a more of an exercise to see, yeah, whether or not we're on track. Um, see, does anyone, yeah? The good thing is, is you always go back and hold yourself accountable too. So, yeah, that's yeah, it. It's, um, it is always good. Yeah. Um, no, look, I love that. That's a great tool. Um, and head across to your leaderboard. So you've got Lockie, Neil, Paddy, Cripps, and Took Miller tied first on 28, Brasher on 27, Petrarca on 27, Oliver on 26, Rosie 23, Jezza Cameron 21, Callum Mills on 20, and then rounding it off in equal 10th, you've got Led and Walsh. So, yeah. I mean, I suppose it is pretty handy for anyone that is having a look. Go through, check the round by round, check where you remember votes, where you think you see votes, etc. But... If anything, Smitty, you've really shown us that we might have a nice tight brown though this year. Yeah, and, that, and that's sort of been the trend the whole way through, to be honest. I, I've not really had anyone sort of get more than five votes ahead. And, um, yeah, obviously in the sort of last six rounds, it has stayed pretty tight. And um, there's been a few – I remember watching the games thinking, oh, here's an opportunity for, for a Brayshaw or, or a Cripps to sort of push ahead here. And then, and they, then they got tagged or – or whatever, they just didn't have quite have the impact, and and the, the pack stayed tight in the top six. I've got pretty, you know, all within two votes of each other. I think if it goes anywhere near that, we're going to have a pretty exciting count, and and I think a tie is a very general, uh, not general, a very real possibility of happening. Be be interesting because we haven't had one for a while. What was the last draw? Yeah. Oh, it would have been what, Rashudo, Goodson. Yeah, was it that long ago? Did yeah. we have about a time since then? Two four. No, that was 03 that 03, year. Yeah, yeah. Goods were yeah. shooting well, badly. No, wasn't it uh, Cochin and... Um... Oh, please. Oh. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you, you could count <laughs> that. You need Joe Watson's ground light. Yeah. Cochin, yeah. Well, at least you admit it. At least you admit it. No, definitely. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what they say. He's still the brand of the middle, so yeah. Um, 
Now, Royal, yeah, I mean, Spitty hasn't got one yet, but you, your bets, what have you got out there? What are you looking at? You got anything yet? Well, I think the most juicy thing that I've come across throughout the night is Lockie Neal at 550 for leading after five rounds. Yeah. Well, I think that's by far the best value for me. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it nice and short, and that's probably my one. Yep. Um, Smitty? No. Yeah, not no, like I, no, not yet. Like I mentioned, I'll get around to it, but I haven't quite got anything yet. I'll have a small flutter on what you just mentioned, Royal. Um, I'll have a, a cheeky fiver on bloody uh, Dylan Moore from Hawks. There's no way that I'm... If that gets up and Smitty's down at that, I'd be, I'd be kicking myself if we didn't have five bucks on that. Um, <laughs> Took Miller outright, I think, after having a look at this and the analysis of both, I'll, uh, I'll probably chuck a greenie on that and um, I'll probably have a greenie on that little multi that I had coming through before too, so... Yeah, send that my way too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, um, it, yeah. Look, the disc, the disc will be pumping all week, especially leading up to Brownlow. Um... The invites out there for both of you. If you've got nothing on Sunday night, um, I will be hosting. So feel free to head around to mine. All right, cool. Um, that's a um, that's a good point you made too. For anyone who hasn't seen the news, the Brownlow is not on the Monday before the grand final this year. It has been moved forward to the Sunday, the day before it was anticipated to be on. And so that'll be the Sunday after the prelim. Because I miss it. Queen, rest in peace. Um, Rip Lizzie. Yeah, but look, definitely um, check it out. Have a look. Uh, Patreon, must mention Patreon's free at the moment, so jump in. Hell yeah. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. Come have a chat with us. We're in all the time. I'm pretty sure there's about eight people in there right now. Um, but yeah, so you can come in and chat Brownlow with us. You know, Bonts will have plenty of money outlaid on the Brownlow because he's got severe gambling problems and it's always a laugh. <laughs> Everything you've heard tonight, take it with a grain of salt, ladies and gentlemen. We're not advocating yeah. getting on any of these. Don't follow this. Like I said, this is not gospel. It is a bit of fun that Smitty does through the whole season. Yeah. But do your own research. It's just a research tool that you can compare your own thoughts with and Correct. all that sort of stuff. But so that's, the that's more what it's about. It's always good to talk about odds as well. Yeah, if, you, if you're too lazy to do your own research and you want to take it for face value and just go straight off what the numbers say then be my guest but then that's your fault that's it um either you got anything to add no just a quick question obviously no. not only related but uh how are you two feeling for saturday arvo uh, uh it's a shot it's a shot shot the dartboard for us isn't yeah. it it's like uh yeah it's a free hit the whole final correct. series just felt like a free hit really at the end of the, the end of the day we've exceeded expectations beyond what anyone thought we would this season anyway and and whilst um, straight sets would have been disappointing, it would have still probably been okay with me if we had. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to get a finals win under the belt. And, uh, yeah, who knows? We'll go up to Sydney with nothing to lose except the game and just see what happens. That's it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do expect it to be a Geelong Sydney grand final, but I'd love for Yeah, so, so do I. I sort of upset. feel the same way I felt as when I went there because I, I went to Sydney when we played in Sydney a month ago and sort of just thought, oh, we might give them a run, but I think they'll be too strong and I think that's probably how it'll play out again this week. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yep. All right, boys. Thank you very much, Smitty. Thank you thank always you. for all your work uh, involved in this. Uh, Royal, thanks yes. for jumping on the potty. Uh, being, yep. you know, thanks for being well. Thanks for your extra voice. And uh, on behalf of Smitty, myself, and Royal, uh, peace out community. Oh, and the Patreon for patreon.com forward slash SCLH, which is free until the start of next year. Peace out, community, and thank you for listening. <laughs>